1: Good morning my friends on this Saturday morning. Thank you for tuning in and joining us again. It is always a pleasure to um, dive into the Word of God with you and I'm so grateful to my Heavenly Father that he gives me the opportunity to do so every Saturday. I wake up excited. I hope you've gotten up excited because my friends as you know the Word of God gives us the truth It gives us so many stories that we can learn from, and it inspires us, and it gives us the tools that we need to fulfill and live our everyday lives. Our Heavenly Father has given us His precious Word so that we would know what His promises are for us every day, and at the same time, that we will learn from the mistakes that others have done in the past, and how we can avoid them. So my friends, we're going to continue to dive into the book of Amos as we've been now in chapter 2. We're going to go ahead and we're going to pick up and starting with verse uh, 6. If you have not had the opportunity uh, to reread and catch up, please do so. If you're joining us today for the first time, we welcome you. I advise you to get a physical Bible, if you can, that you can order from a bookstore. Maybe you have your phone and you can get it on the app uh, through Google Store, you know, or the, um, uh, the Apple Store, whichever one it is that you can get it through. They're free. You can download them and you can follow along and then you can go back and reread what we've already covered and we're going to continue on in the book of amos where we've been discussing how god has come to the forefront and is now facing every community and and, and telling them what he has seen and known all of the, all along and how they were going to get face consequences and how they're going to be punished and we're going to pick it up here starting in verse six Amos chapter 2, starting in verse 6, and this is what it says. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Israel and for four, I will not turn away its punishment, because they sell the the righteous for silver, and the poor for a pair of sandals. They pant after the dust of the earth, which is on the head of the poor, and pervert the way of the humble. A man and his father go into the same girl to defile my holy name. They lie down by every altar on clothes taken in pledge and drink the wine of the condemned in the house of their God. Yet it was I who destroyed the Amorite before them, whose height was like the height of the cedars, and he was as strong as the oaks, yet I destroyed his fruit above and his roots beneath. Also it was I who brought you up from the land of Egypt and led you 40 years through the wilderness to possess the land of the Amorite. I raised up some of your sons as prophets and some of your young men as Nazarites. It is, not, if it's, it, is it not so, O oh, you children of Israel, says the Lord? But you gave the Nazarites wine to drink and commanded the prophets, saying, Do not prophesy. Behold, I am weighed down by you as a cart full of sheaves and weighed down. Therefore, flight shall perish from the swift. The strong shall not strengthen his power, nor shall the mighty deliver himself. He shall not stand who stands, handles the bow. The swift of foot shall not escape, nor shall he who rides a horse deliver himself. The most courageous men of might shall flee naked in that day, says the Lord. Father, thank you so much for your word. Wow, Lord, we know this word is powerful. This word uh, is really precise, and and you're telling it like it is, Heavenly Father. And you are reminding us as well in the scriptures right here that we just read what you've done for this community. And I thank you for your word, amen. You know, my friends, there's a lot going on here, right? God had been telling us Previously, in the other ones that we read last week and the week before, that he was coming in. He was going to devour the palaces, the places where people had really flourished and prospered in. Because... He wasn't just talking, he's not just talking to the poor people, he's talking to the people who were in high status, because back then, my friends, there was no middle class like we call it today, if we still have a middle class at like that, in our own day, day and age today. But back then, it was just, you were either poor or you were rich, there was no in between. And he primarily here was speaking to the rich people, to those who were very well off, who to those who had prospered in um, in in an abundance. He was reaching out to them, to each of these communities who had um, been able to sustain themselves after they had lost much, but they were able to come back even stronger. God blessed them beyond measure, but they started to act and do things their own way. They started to dismiss God. They started to take advantage of the poor. They started to turn away from God and not uh, follow his commandments. They continued to do what they wanted to do for their own gain and never give credit or continue to acknowledge the heavenly father who had helped them during the time of need. And now God was saying, you know, you've done all these things. I've seen it. I've heard it. And I'm a witness to it myself because God sees everything in our lives, my friends. He sees everything we do. We cannot hide anything from him. And he said i'm going to now punish you for the things that you have done that were unlawful for the things that you've done in deceiving people for the things that you've done in worshiping other things that were not of me in the way you have become corrupt and in the way that you've carried on with sexual immorality god was pinpointing everything that all of these communities were doing he was reminding them of what they had done and how they would face consequences for their sins. And my friends, we can apply all this to our lives (laughs) because we do the same thing today. So when it says here for these transgressions, three transgressions of Israel for four, I will not turn away its punishment because they sell the righteous for silver and the poor for a pair of sandals. In other words, you know, God is saying, I'm going to punish you because you were always taking advantage of the poor. You were taking things away from them. You were doing things that you should have not done. You were um, pretty much, uh, you know, doing uh, uh, the, th- the right things that the people were doing in this community. You were taking advantage of that situation. You know, you may have been uh, the elite were probably charging the poor double the amount of money you know, to gain something, whether that was food, whether that was uh, clothing, whether that was something of a necessity for their everyday needs, they were taking advantage of that. And this was the upper class taking advantage of this. And here's the thing, when you're the upper class, my friends, you've got money. You don't need more money. But because greed comes in and sets into your mind, your spirit, and your soul, now you start taking advantage of people. And what you end up doing is you really end up uh, sacrificing uh, the people who need it most. And you end up uh, making an idol out of the money you want to gain. And then you also end up worshiping what you're doing and you constantly do it over and over and over again because the greed becomes even stronger and more in depth and more enticing and more, um, uh, more, uh, uh, it really just indulges you and it grabs you and it puts you in a place where now you're going to take advantage of everybody and you're not going to care who you're doing it to. So my friends we are seeing what God is identifying here. And God created all of us, my friends, whether we are rich or poor. And we're supposed to be humble unto our Heavenly Father for anything and everything that we have, whether we're rich or poor. We, if you're poor and, you, and God has sustained you and blessed you, you are seeing things from His perspective. You're seeing things with gratitude. If you're rich and you have an abundance and an overflow, you should be seeing it also with gratitude. And if you're able to help someone, you should be that helping hand because God has blessed you abundantly. We see all the time when people are being blessed beyond measure how they're going to help other people. They don't hoard it to themselves, you know, or they don't use it to um, to gain something you know, that is not according to God's word. You know, they, they, they're good stewards of it. And here, this community was taking advantage of what God was you had blessed them with. And they were using it to oppress others. And they were using others um, to be like underneath them. You know, because they had this chip on their shoulder. Them being superior to them now because they had more money. Listen, my friends, money can make you act a certain way. We know that, right? All of a sudden you're broke, you're gonna go get that dollar and fifty cents special at Costco where you get the hot dog and the drink together. Come on, let's be real here, right? You get another five you get five hundred dollars because you only have five when you were broke. You're not gonna go to Costco. You might say to yourself, I'm gonna go to Applebee's, or I'm gonna go to IHOP now. You know, now you're gonna step up your game, right? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But what I am saying is now if you go to IHOP or you go to Applebee's, anywhere else you go to eat, you ain't looking down on other people. That's not what God wants you to do. If you go into Applebee's or IHOP to have that better meal, that $15 meal now, right? Because you know you're not going to go out of there without paying some money. And you see someone's hungry or someone, someone else is begging, like, God would want you to step up to the plane and be like, hey, you know what, I'll, I'll get you a dish. I'll get you a dish. God would even want you to extend it even more and say, hey, come and join me at my table. You know, because God blesses us so we can bless others, my friends. He doesn't bless us so we hoard it to ourselves and that we just, you know, we're not like, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're, um, we're so overprotective of it that we don't use it wisely. You know, God gives us so we could freely give to others. I don't know about you, but every time God has blessed me in my life and he has given me things, I've been able to freely give like no tomorrow. Because this is just something he's instilled in my heart. You know, I see the miracles that God has done in my life. I've seen where he's taken me out of. I've seen the miracles he's put right in front of me. Things I thought never I would have in my life he's given me. You know, God has always um, been with me from day one through all the challenges. And I know that for a fact because he's evident in my life, you know. So my friends, you know, God was laying it down again. You're going to be punished. You're going to be punished, Israel. Everybody was going to be punished for what they were doing. And then it says here, They paint after the dust of the earth, which is on the head of the poor, and pervert the way of the humble. A man and his father go into the same girl to defile my holy name. They lie down by every altar, unclothed, taken and pledged and drink the wine of the condemned in the house of their God. Oh, Lord Jesus. My friends, look. At the time of this abundance that these communities were attaining, there was much sexual immorality going on. It became a habit. You know, it it was something that they were always lusting after. And they took advantage of the poor. And what they actually did was they neglected the needs of the poor, you know, to gain their own thing. And then at the same time, they went and did perverse things. So, when it says here, a man and his father go into the same girl, we know that's disgusting. We know that. And we know that there are people still doing that today. Come on, y'all. You know, I talk real here. You know that there are people today, fathers and sons, that will go out. Let's say it's the son's bachelorette party, bachelor party, he's about to get married or whatever else it might be, birthday, whatever. And if they end up in a place where things are accessible to them, they'll all do the same person. We know that's true. And they did it back here at this community too. That's why God is like, punishment is coming for what you've done. You've defiled my holy name. Because, see, God, when God ordained a man and a woman, when he created them, to form a marriage, to form a unity, to form intimacy, it was for each other, one to the other, not one to multiple people, not one to a whole tribe. (laughs) You know, God created us in a way uh, to honor him. And here's the thing, we have this thing today too, just like it happened back then at the time of Amos, where people are just sleeping with people. They're testing the waters. They're like, I'm gonna sleep with this guy to see what he tastes like, what he's like. You know, is he good, is he bad, whatever. Y'all know I talk real here. And other people are doing the same thing. They're like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chill with this girl. And then I'm going to chill with that one. And we're also seeing. And listen, I'm not here to mock anything. I'm not here to point fingers. I'm not here to make fun of anybody. I'm not here to, to say, hey, you know what? This is you. But if you're listening and you get convicted by the Holy Spirit, so be it. There are people going around laying with a whole bunch of people and having a whole bunch of kids. With a whole bunch of people we know that we hear about it every day especially like some celebrities that we know you know some rappers that we know right they're just going around you know spreading their seed everywhere and uh some of you are saying well there's nothing wrong with that they're creating children i'm like yeah that's true but then how much attention are they giving to those children are those children really getting the love that they need from both the mother and the father? Is the mother now struggling? Is the father just, you know, going about his his everyday career life? What is actually happening in the lives of those children? God intended for a man and a woman to be in unity. And if they have procreation, if they end up having a child, that is to honor the Lord. It is not to be a thing of being spectacles and, and just laying with everybody and thinking it's okay. It's not okay in God's eyes. It's definitely not okay in his book. And it's definitely not okay what he wants for his children. So when we look at this, my friends, we have to say and ask yourself, am I doing that? Am I in a situation right now where I'm laying with everybody? Because I just want to test the waters. See what I like, see what I don't like. And then eventually I'll make up my mind. we got a lot of people living their lives like that today, my friends. And we have to say to ourselves, is that a good thing? No, it's not a good thing. <laughs> it should not even be a question of like, yeah, it's cool. No, it's not cool. It's called a fool, F-O-L-L, F-O-O-O, F-O-O-L. It's not cool, it's fool. Because you're being deceived by the enemy. You're being swayed and you're committing stuff and sin. That's just not good. Not only that, you're affecting your body. You know, God wants people uh, in the right way to be connected spiritually with him. You know, when I got married to my husband, my husband and I made a covenant with our Heavenly Father as Jesus Christ being the anchor of our our marriage. And and I'm not saying we haven't had struggles in our marriage. Y'all know my testimony, you know, but I'm saying that, you know, God created us so that when we go into unity with each other, that we're including our Heavenly Father because He created us. But what's happening is that so many people are walking away from God and not caring about the fact that He created them. That they're doing their own thing. They're making their own rules. They're like, nothing stops me. I'm going to do what I want to do. You know, and then it gets you in trouble. It gets you knocked up. Guess gets you with some type of venereal disease. Guess you, you know, all screwed up, all messed up. Listen, God sees everything. He knows what's going on. He knows right now if you are the type of person who's walking over other people just because you have a a financial situation better than them, just because you have a better house than them, just because you have a better car, if you're acting a certain way and you're also swaying other people to do things, you know, that are illegal so they can gain from it because they're in need of food or shelter, whatever the case might be. Shame on you. That's exactly what God is saying here. Shame on you because of your perversiveness. You know why? You take humble people who are poor, who are trying to do the right thing, and then you go ahead and you corrupt them because, you know, you say to them, hey, I can help you out, but you got to do this for me. You know, and then people are like, but I got to feed my family. Now I got to do this. You sway people. How dare you? That's horrible. That's despicable. And God was pointing out right here everything everybody was doing. It's not hidden. He sees everything. And they had also broken the rules. It says, you know, they lie down by every altar and close, taking a pledge and drink the wine of a condemned in the house of the God. You know, when people make a pledge to their heavenly Father, that they're no longer gonna be like uh, a drunk. That they're no longer gonna be like drinking in excessiveness, or you know, gonna be eating in glut. They're not gonna be gluttonous anymore. They're not gonna be eating. You know, they make a promise to God and say, God, you know, I I I noticed that I have this this situation. Please forgive me. I'm turning away from it. I'm moving forward. Please help me. Blah blah. You know, they start to um all of a sudden they start to. Act like they never made that promise to God and that you know they didn't have that conversation with him about saying, you know, I'm not gonna do this anymore, and then they start doing it all over again. You know, so they were doing it at this time, also at the Tamar Amos. People had, you know, were supposed to be living a certain uh clean life, uh, you know, uh honoring the Heavenly Father, but then they went and they went into all this drunkenness and this, you know partying and stuff. Let's just call it what it is, right? Partying and stuff. Listen, I'm not saying you shouldn't celebrate your birthday. I'm not saying you shouldn't celebrate your anniversary. I'm not not saying you're not not supposed to celebrate your wedding or any type of special occasion. What I'm saying is, is, how do you handle yourself in those celebrations? You know, do you get over the top drunk and act like a fool and then go mess up the whole thing or do the wrong thing or violate someone's life? Like, what do you do? Or do you know how to maintain yourself, contain yourself, and say, no, I don't need a drink, I'm good? You know, yesterday, uh, the day before yesterday, while I was working, sometimes I come across different scenarios where people will say, like, things to me that are crazy and out of this world. And you have to look at them and say, Lord, forgive them, for they do not know what they say. And you have to just pray for those people. And some dude actually was saying to me, hey, you want a drink? And I was like, excuse me? They're like, you drink, you, you're an alcoholic like me, right? You drink. And I looked at the guy and I was like, I just paused for a minute because I was like, this dude is broken. This dude is hurting. And this dude is a drunk alcoholic. Now, the way I'm going to handle myself with him is I'm going to be very respectful. And I'm going to love on him like Christ would want me to love on him because Christ loves on me. Because I'm not perfect either. In any of my, none of us are Perfect. And I looked at the dude and I said, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I think you've got me mistaken because I don't drink. And he comes out with a bottle. No, I mean, a clear bottle from under his chair. And it had pure vodka in it. It was a pure vodka, like medium size. And he's like, ah, oh, nah, nah, I know you drink. And I said, sir, excuse me. Um, respectfully, uh, I don't drink. Don't assume I drink. And I and I said to him, I said, um, I'm here to conduct the business, and I'm here to conduct based on my job, blah, blah. And I'm talking to him, and because I shut down that person and the way they were acting towards me, they got very upset and offended, and they got up and walked away from the chair. Let me tell you something, my friends. We have to continue to be the beacons of light that are still out here on this earth dealing with the vulnerable who unfortunately have been taken over and uh, suppressed by the enemy and the spirits that are roaming the earth and that individual okay um i know is in a hurting place and we want to help people like that but when people come and confront us that way we have to stand strong in our heavenly father we have to defend ourselves and we cannot give in to that. You know, and then, before the guy even left his chair, he proceeded to ask me if I had children. You know, and, and, um, and he just started saying ridiculous stuff. Man, and then he wasn't seeing you any well, You don't help me in any way if you don't have no kids. And I know exactly what he meant by that. Because what he thought was he thought he was, he was speaking to an idiot. He thought he was just speaking to, you know, just someone who didn't know about, you know, how the enemy rolls in on earth. You got to know how the enemy rose on this earth, my friends. If you're a Christian, you need to know what the enemy, how the enemy rose. You need to know their tactics. You need to know what they're trying to set up, what they're trying to do to you. You need to be on like high alert and you need to be grounded with your heavenly father that will give you the words to know exactly what to say to those fools Who unfortunately have been sucked up by the enemy. But God loves those fools, and God would want to see that fool get out of that situation to be on the straight and narrow road to have the life that God would want them to have. And my friends, you know, we have to we have to remember that God loves all of us. The question is: do we love God? Are you building relationship with him? Are you speaking to him every day? Are you in meditation with him every day? Are you um, preparing yourselves to live out the full life that your heavenly father would want you to live? That is the question you have to ask yourself. Because here... Here's the situation, my friends. If we don't do the right thing constantly, every time we're challenged, we could be swayed one way or the other. And God is speaking in reference to what some of these people who are the elitists, as they call them, are doing. And because of that, God is holding those people accountable. He's holding them held responsible. So right now, my friends, God is laying it out exactly what 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 we read last week when we're reading now. He was laying out what all these people were doing. The lifestyles they were having the perversiveness, taking advantage of the poor, the, you know disrespecting God, dishonoring God with their actions. And then it says here, "'Yet it was I who destroyed the Amorite before them, "'whose height was like the height of the cedars, "'and he was as strong as the oaks, "'yet I destroyed his fruit above and his roots beneath.'" You know, God is reminding them about. Don't you remember what I did for you, community? Don't Israel, don't you remember what I did for you? Don't you remember how I defeated the people who came against you? The specifically from uh, the community of the Amorites. Don't you remember? I helped you conquer those people. Don't you remember that I helped you escape? specific uh, persecutions that you guys face do you not remember what i've done for you you know god is reminding the community do you not remember who i am and what i was doing right and then it says also it was i who brought you up from the land of egypt and led you 40 years through the wilderness to possess the land of the amorite not only is he saying don't you remember what i did for you guys in reference to the amorites But it was I also who led your ancestors, your parents, your great-great-parents out of the wilderness, out of the land of Egypt. I led you to the wilderness for 40 years to possess their land, if anything, specifically to possess their land. Why? Because when they escaped the land of Egypt, they didn't really have a place yet to call their own, to call their own homes. And God allowed them to take the land of the Amorites so that they can have a place for themselves. He's reminding the people, the community, of what he's done for them. And then it says here, I raised up some of your sons as prophets and some of your young men as Nazarites. Is it not so, O you children of Israel, says the Lord? In other words, don't you remember... That not only that after I gave you the land that you possessed and ended up conquering and being victorious and uh, uh, moving forward with prosperity, I also gave you sons that became prophets. I anointed your children so they can come and give you my word to give have a relationship with me and and give you the things that you needed in the spirit to know how to deal with things in the natural you know god is reminding them and some of your men as nazarites right because the nazarites were the people who took a vow to have to give service to god and they specifically said when it was the nazarites that they would refrain from drinking wine and never cutting their hair. They made a promise and a vow to God, hey, you know, in in this community that we're in and things that we're doing, we are going to be diligent and and respectful to not indulge, right, in drinking wine and getting drunk and all that stuff, and we're going to refrain from cutting our hair because our Heavenly Father has blessed us, has sustained us, But instead, now this community that God is pointing to and referencing, all these communities at that, is that they've done the opposite. They've indulged in wine. They've indulged in drunkenness. They've indulged in, you know, making their hairs however they want to make it. Now, I'm not saying, y'all, that y'all can't style your hair. Oh, my gosh. Please, don't take this out out of context. Think wisely what I'm saying. Think what the word wisely is saying. It's saying when you make a vow to God, whatever that might be, you should not go against it or break it. You know know how many times people say, oh God, if I just won the lotto tomorrow, I'm going to help myself and my whole family and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that right? Because you're making a promise and a vow to God. You know, people say, God, if you just let me have this ministry, I'll make sure to feed the poor and, and, you know, whatever donations we get, I'm going to make sure I'm a good steward of it, right? Those are the promises people are constantly making. I can tell you a whole bunch of promises that people and and vows that people make with God that they never fulfill or they fulfill it. God fulfills it for them and then they break the vow, right? All of a sudden now the donations that you want to feed the, the people, now you start going and buying yourself some nice clothes with it, right? You start buying yourself some nice shoes when that food should have gone to like go to the 99 cent store go to the cheapest you know uh grocery alley and get the food to have it in the pantry that's what i'm talking about and really it's it's referencing that if you make a vow to god you should not be breaking that vow you should not be disrespectful you should be disciplined in the vow that you make and how you live out your life and what happens is that naturally Uh, right now what God is saying is he's saying to them, you broke the vow that you made to me because they got corrupt. When people get corrupt, they break a lot of rules. They break the law. We know that, right? Uh, when they, when people break the rules, they have no regard for who they're hurting. They don't care. And when they break the rules, they don't think they're doing anything wrong because they think since they're doing it on their own merit, by their own judgment, that's okay. And God is specifically saying in all this that we've been reading, no, it's not okay. I've seen it done. I see what you're doing and you're going to be punished. No, it's a bus about it because God ain't got time for that. And like we said before, God is saying enough is enough. Okay. Stop the nonsense because I'm not going to accept this from you anymore. God is a God who loves us, who cares for us, who nourishes us, who wants us to have prosperous and healthy lives, and just like a good mother or father who's constantly watching out for their child, who's taking care and feeding their child, making sure they take a bath every day, they're clothed, you know, that they're uh, comfort in bed, you know, they have a warm blanket, whatever the case, anything you can imagine, that's how our Heavenly Father does for us. And when we turn around and we despise him and we're not grateful and we're disrespectful, and we go and we make our own decisions of what we want to do, man, are we in big trouble? That's why as we read the scripture, we have to ask ourselves, am I in this place? Am I doing something similar to what these communities were doing? Am I falling away by the wayside? Have I made a vow with God and then I've broken the vow? I haven't fulfilled my vow. God blessed me when when I made my vow. Like, am I doing the wrong thing? Am I doing sexual immorality? You know, am I sleeping with my brother's girlfriend, as an example, right? Because when it talks about, you know, a son and a father, or, you know, am I having an affair with my mother-in-law? Like, yeah, listen, yeah, this stuff is real. This is happening in this world. Y'all yeah, might be like, oh, she's talking about these things aren't really happening. Yes, they are. I don't know what planet you're in. But um, yeah, these things are happening in the world. There's a lot of corruption. There's a lot of disrespect. People are hating and cursing God. And most of all, there's so much more sexual immorality today than ever. You turn around, you turn around with not just sexual immorality of um, what people do with one another, but sexual immorality of what people are doing to their own bodies. Yeah, we got to look at that and think about that. God made you the perfect way. We're the ones who go and try to think we could do all this reconstruction on, on our bodies because we want to look another way, right? Um, God, you know, we 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 take into our own hands how we want to uh, uh, continue to reconstruct, the, you know, what God gave us, right? Because we don't feel... And listen, y'all know I talk real, real in this, in this podcast, man. You know, you got people out there saying... Ah, God created me as a woman, but I want to be a man. And you guys, people say, I was created as a man by God, but I want to be a woman. So I'm going to go and do all this transformation because I want to be my own God of how I want to be. And, you know, listen, y'all might be like, ooh, she went there. Yes, I did go there because it's a reality. Wake up, smell the coffee. It's happening all over. And if you're not noticing or acknowledging or being aware of it, something's wrong with you, okay, because look, we're here on this earth, but we're not of this world. We have to remember that, especially if you're born again and as a believer of Christ, and you have a relationship with your heavenly father every day, you need to be aware that we are battling every day with the principalities of the air. And the things that we are constantly doing on this earth is because things are like manifesting themselves on this earth. And you're you're a Christian walking this earth. You better know how to look that thing in the eye, that evil thing in the eye and rebuke it. You need to know how to pray over that thing. And most of all, you need to know how to protect yourself from that. Because listen, nowadays, if you're not part of the agenda, if you're not part of the plan, if you're not going along with what's been set up, people are going to start to despise you People are going to start to be against you. And most of all, people will even attack you because they're like, who are you to tell me what to do? Who are you to tell me what's good for you? Who are you to tell me anything? And then now they look at it like you're the enemy and you're the person doing the wrong thing. You know, there's a lot of things that talk about in the last days, what's going to happen. And we are in the last days and things are happening, my friends. And then it says here, but you gave the Nazarites wine to drink and commanded the prophets saying, do not prophesy. Right? Here we go. Now the elites, the upper class in this time of Amos, you know, God was still blessing the people. God was still bringing forth, you know, sons and daughters with prophecy words to give to the community and to warn the community and reminding them of the vow that they did, but the community itself was like, no, 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 it's okay to drink. Yeah, yeah, you you, the Nazarite, you made a vow to God that you weren't going to drink. But let me tell you something, you have the right to drink. Yeah, here, take a little sip. Don't worry, it's going to be okay. Oh, here, here, just take another sip. Matter of fact, here's the whole glass. Here's the whole bottle, drink it. Listen, these people were doing corrupt things. They were leading people astray. They were swaying people from what? they have always believed of God to do in their lives and the vow they committed. And most of all, they were telling the prophets to shut up. They were telling the prophets, shut your mouth. If a prophet came forward at this time to give prophecy, they were like, shut up. That's why some of the prophets at this time of Amos was shutting down. They were like, well, I'm not going to tell them. God just told me this, but I'm not going to tell anybody anything because, you know, uh, people people just keep telling me to shut up. They don't want to listen to me. They just keep shutting me down. You know, they might even kill me. They've threatened to kill me. Like prophets were like shutting out. They were shutting down. They were like staying quiet. And God used someone like Amos to say, you're going to step in there and you're going to bring forward this message that I have for all these communities and you're going to let them have it. And Amos was not afraid to do that. He went with the boldness of the Lord, and he was obedient to what God asked him to do, irregardless to what anyone was going to tell him to do or not do. He was going to fulfill what God would want him to do, and that's what he did. And my friends, we can look at that today in our lives. If God has used you, if, if God has anointed you, if God has placed you in position of ministry, in leadership, And he has given you words to bring forward to your congregation. You must give it to the congregation. You cannot hide it in the office and only tell your other, you know, leadership team about it. You got to tell it to the people. We're having a problem these days where a lot of pastors are hearing from God, but they're not communicating it to their people. They're not communicating it to the congregation. And then they're wondering, well, what's happening to my people you know, what's going on? Like, why are my people, like, not showing up for church? Why are so-and-so leaving the church? You know, because God has given you prophecy words. And you're because he knows something about these individuals and what's happening in their lives. And how they need to hear this word from you, the messenger, that he's put in that position to help people. And you don't even come and deliver the message. We're facing that today. And on the flip side of that, we're facing things where pastors are making, uh, you know, messages, bringing messages that are not even of God. It's their own made up ideology. That's even worse. You know, so my friends, you know, God is like pinpointing exactly what happened here. He's laying it out. And when he lays out these things in scripture and we read it, It should resonate with us and be like, oh my gosh, am I going through that right now? That's happening right now to me. Like, because history repeats itself and we know that. But God wants us to use the boldness of his word to know who he is in our lives and to never give up in seeking him in spirit and in truth and to never break any vows that we've made with him. God wants us to constantly be mindful of the vows we make unto him and to live out the vow and not break it. He, if he blesses you, he wants us to help others with blessings as well. You know, if he's given us everything we've desired in our hearts, you know, because he has given us an overflow, then we should be grateful for that. And we should help others if we have a means and a way of doing so. And then it says here, behold, I am weighed down by you as a cart full of sheaves and weighed down. Therefore, flight shall perish from the swift. The strong shall not strengthen his power, nor shall the mighty deliver himself. You know, God was saying, this is so heavy on my heart. Everything that is being done here, everything that you guys are doing, that it's really bad. It's not a good feeling. It's really tearing things apart. I, you know, I, ha- I have no choice um, but to have to do what I have to do. And then most of all, um, even though you might be in a very powerful place that I put you in or you've been promoted to, whatever the case might be, you know, you're not going to be able to deliver yourself. You're not going to be able to come out of this punishment I'm going to put you in. And once I put you in this punishment, whatever the punishment might be, you're going to have to live it out. And you're going to have to learn from it. Listen, my friends, we are always learning from what what is happening in our everyday lives with our Heavenly Father. We're always learning something. If you're not waking up every day and learning something every day new with your Heavenly Father, something is wrong. Because our Heavenly Father... We're always in relationship with Him. As long as we're reading the Word and meditating Him, He will always reveal Himself to us and He will always communicate with us. He will always show us something, that we were dealing with. He'll show us first in the Spirit as long as we ask to see it first in the Spirit. And then when we deal with it in the natural, we know exactly how to deal with it. We know how to use His Word, how to combat it. We know how to follow the Holy Spirit, which will guide you and tell you, hey, don't go down that road today. Go this way, right? You know, our Heavenly Father, who loves us so much, who wants us to be safe and have healthy lives. And for Him right now, This hurts. You don't think it hurts? Like, especially your parents. Kids, if you're listening to me, teenagers, you know, you don't think it hurts your parents to have to punish you or to have to, like, uh, give your curfew or to take your phone away from you or your computer or your game time or whatever, or you can't go to the party now, whatever. It hurts your parents to do that, but they must do it because if you're doing the wrong things, if you're disrespecting them, if you are cursing them... At them, If you're doing the wrong thing, if you're failing at your grades in school, they've got to come in and they've got to help you with that situation. And sometimes it has to be done through punishment so that you learn a lesson and you learn not to do it again, not to fall into the same problem. But it hurts them because they love you so much and they just want you to do the right thing. So this is what our Heavenly Father does for us. In all these communities, our Heavenly Father saw where these people took themselves. After he had already placed them in p- good places and given them provision, given them safety, given them, you know, restored to them or was lost from the other, you know, communities or tribes that had um, overtaken them in the past, you know, and then he allowed them to reflourish. You know, God wanted to still be in their lives, but these people were turning away from God. And they were defiling God. They were doing so many ridiculous and sinful things. God was like, I have to step in. I have to intervene. Thank God for our Heavenly Father who loves us so much and wants to intervene in our lives. Even if that means we get punished, even if that means we face consequences, even if it means that, oh my God, we lose certain things in our lives. Because our Heavenly Father wants us on the right track, my friends. He loves us so much. And then it says here, he shall not stand who handles the bow, the swift of foot shall not escape, nor shall he who rides the horse deliver himself. In other words, it doesn't matter what access you have to whatever tools you think you have that is going to help you get out of this situation, you won't be able to. It doesn't care how fast you run, how fast you walk, you won't be able to. It doesn't matter, you know, if you have a horse and you think the horse is going to, you're going to say, giddy up, and the horse is going to take you flying. You're going to deliver yourself. It ain't going to happen. God's going to say, it doesn't matter whatever resources, tools, or you or whatever you have for yourself that you think is going to get you out of this. It's not. You cannot walk away from what I'm about to do. You won't be able to escape it. Because it has to be done. And you have to learn your lesson. Listen, at the time of Amos, a lot of people, of course, after the fact, right, started to realize that, you know what? Um, I'm doing the wrong thing. I'm not walking around in fear because I've done the wrong thing. Uh, And even the toughest people, the people who said, I got it like that. Ain't nothing going to tear me down. Yep, I got thick skin. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Even when God's judgment comes on them, they're going to have fear. There's no doubt about that. They won't get away with it. It won't be like they're just sitting down, you know, chilling. No. They're going to have some type of fear. And let me tell you something. There are many people in this world today who think that they can live their lives without God. Who thinks that they can make it without him, who think that they can make it without Jesus Christ. There are many of you listening to me right now who have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, who know that there's a Heavenly Father who loves us. And some of y'all are like, yeah, but I got it. I got it like that. I don't need God anymore. I don't need Jesus Christ. I don't need to read the Word. I don't need to see a church service. I don't need to hang out and do fellowship with others. Some of you are living like that. Well, you might be borderline in what we're talking about right here. And you need to ask yourself, am I doing the wrong thing? You know, um, am I thinking the wrong thing? Am I acting a certain way? Am I acting the wrong way? My friends, this is things we have to ask ourselves. Because here's the thing, you know, we don't want to end up like some of these people in these communities where God was like, I'm going to punish you, punish you, punish you, punish you. Yeah, you, 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 you. This is exactly what God was doing. He was like, I see you. I know who you do, who you did. I saw you the other day. I know you were at the party, and you were hanging with that girl, but you married. I saw you the other day. But listen, though, yo, dude, Uh, I, I know what you're doing. I know you 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 lied to your mom and your dad. You did hit that car. Don't pretend like you did. Like, you know, God is just pointing out everything because he sees everything, my friends. And after a while, he's like, enough is enough. Y'all ain't going to keep doing this. This ain't going to continue to happen. Not on my watch. Sorry. Because he's a God who loves us and he's a God who wants to take care of us. And he's a God who's going to take things away from us if necessary to get our attention all over again. And then it says here, the most courageous men of might shall flee naked in that day," says the Lord. In other words, listen, it doesn't doesn't matter how much courage you have. That you could think you could stand up to things. But when the God comes in and he says, I am here and this is what's going to take place now people are gonna be like yikes that's exactly what's gonna happen my friends listen god doesn't play god doesn't have time for games god lays it out exactly what's supposed to be happening in our everyday lives that you and i have i have a purpose on this earth just as much as you have a purpose he wants us to fulfill that purpose. He doesn't want us to die away in our giftings, our talents, our anointing, whatever he's blessed us with, whatever he's preparing us for, whatever he's had us in a process of acquiring so that we go and screw it up and we don't end up doing it or we end up doing it and then we make matters worse for ourselves and for others. Because a lot of times, my friends, the enemy comes in and he'll give us greed, he'll give us jealousy, he'll give us envy. You know, He'll give us um, conceitedness, chip on our shoulders, pride. Oof, ain't that one of them. Pride. You know, he, all of these things just start happening, and then you start acting a certain way. And you start disrespecting people. You start disrespecting God. You start dishonoring God. Like, you know, things just start happening, and God was like, God is going to be like, I'm sorry, enough is enough. You're not going to get away with this anymore. So, my friends, look, this is a lot that we've dived into today. Stay encouraged. Know that God loves you. And remember, keep up the good fight. And if you've made a vow, you've done the wrong thing, God sees what you're doing. He sees if you've turned away from him. He knows it all. There's still an opportunity to turn back to him, my friends. It is never too late. So continue to enjoy your weekend. Know that God loves you. And I look forward to sharing the word again with you next week where we'll rise and shine with the word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with
0: a purpose. God bless you. Antonia Roman is the author of Confessions of a Christian Woman, A Journey in Marriage, A New Beginning. In this book, Antonia shares her personal journey in marriage and how she used God's word to help her overcome verbal abuse. Tune in next Saturday as Antonia Roman continues to dive into the Word of God. The Word of God gives you insight for the purpose in your life.